You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Isaiah chapter number 53, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I am not going to stay in Isaiah 53, but this is where we're going to start. I was talking on um, Tuesday, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and uh, we just got talking about Easter Sunday, and He was telling me about his message. I wish I could have gotten his outline, and I certainly wish I could have got the tape. But uh, he just—he gave me his thought. He told me about this thought of from Isaiah fifty-three, and during that conversation, I felt like the Lord was was burning something in my heart of of something that I wanted to study and something I wanted to preach. I have no idea again his outline. I have no idea the illustrations he used, uh, but the thought that God had given him that he relayed to me is what I want to share with you tonight. In Isaiah 53, we see that Isaiah is giving the prophecy of Jesus Christ who is to come, the Messiah. Now, in chapter 53, in verse number 1, the question is asked, who hath believed our report? You say, well, what does that mean? Well, for the nation of Israel, it's hard to understand that that the Messiah was coming. They knew that a Messiah, a king, was coming. But then to describe the pain and to describe the suffering, that didn't make sense to them. Uh, you got to remember, they didn't have the, the luxury that we have. We are now looking back and we see all of Scripture and we see all of the Bible. We see the book of Revelation that's already been given to us. But for the, for the Jews, there were just some things that were just so hard to understand. And so Isaiah says, it's hard to believe. Who hath believed our report? Uh, Into whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And he goes on to describe the suffering that Jesus would endure. Remember, even the disciples that walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus, even those disciples, uh, when Jesus talked about dying, they didn't want to talk about that. When he was talking about that, uh, that, that he, uh, that his temple, his body would be destroyed, be raised up again in three days, they weren't interested in that. They, they, it was almost like they, they, they couldn't, wrap their brain around the fact that Jesus Christ, the King, would die. And we understand that he had to die. Uh, He came to die. 
The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And the only way we could be saved is that Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin uh, with his blood and with uh, his blood that was shed on Calvary. But we see in Isaiah 53, we see in verse number 3 that Jesus is despised. And we certainly know he was despised. When you think about the mockings and you think about the scourging and you think about the beating, even before the cross, he was despised. He was rejected of men. They, the, the people were given a choice. Do you want Jesus or do you want Barabbas? They said, we'll take Barabbas. He was rejected. The Bible says in verse number three that he was a man of sorrows, and certainly he was a man of sorrows, and he was acquainted with grief. It says, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. And notice the end of verse number three. And we esteemed him not. You know that word esteem, it means to value something, to regard something very highly, to place a, a high value on something. And how tragic to think that we, the Bible says, esteemed him not. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and yet people looked at him and said, he doesn't matter to us. He is of no value to us. He is of no concern to us. Then we get to verse number four. Surely he hath borne our griefs. He hath carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him. So here now we're thinking about him. We're regarding Jesus, but it says we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. That word stricken, it means to be, uh, to, be, to be hit or to smite someone suddenly. The term smitten of God is uh, as if God would strike someone down with his divine judgment. And the word afflicted is the idea of being punished by God for his own sins. Well, friend, I got news for you. Jesus was not punished by God for his own sins. He was punished by God for our sins. He was not punished by God because of anything he had done. He was punished by God because of what we have done. It never occurred to these people, the nation of Israel, the Jews, it never occurred to these people that these judgments were not judgments that he was worthy of, but these were judgments that we were worthy of. It was for me that he died. It was for you that he died. We see this description of the cross and we see this description of the suffering. And we see the phrase in verse number three, and we esteemed him not. I'd like to preach a few moments. We're going to move to the New Testament. And we're going to talk about what happened after the cross. But as we look at the cross and we look at the sufferings of Jesus, I think we could all agree that to, to torture someone and to beat someone and to crucify someone, there were people that said, we do not care anything about this man. And yet sometimes I find in my life that I don't place the proper value and I don't give the proper respect to Jesus. Sometimes we, we go a day or we go a, a couple hours or we go a portion of a day and sometimes we don't even give Jesus a thought when he's the one that gave us air to breathe. He's the one that keeps our heart beating. He's the one that had he not created us, we wouldn't be here. And had he not saved us, we might already be in hell. 
and yet we esteemed him not. Father, I pray that you'd speak to us as I do my best to, to relay these truths and these thoughts that you have uh, burned in my heart. And Lord, I certainly do not want to be guilty of this statement. I certainly don't want to live my life without esteeming Christ. I want Jesus Christ to have the utmost value and the utmost thought and the utmost regard. I want Jesus to be uh, the best thing that I've got going. I want Jesus Christ to be the most important part of my life. And Father, I pray that you'd help it to be so. Work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I think of the word esteem, and I looked up a few spots in Scripture where that word is found, I looked up Deuteronomy 32, and the Bible talks about the children of Israel and how that they forsook God. And the Bible says they forsook God which made them, and they lightly esteemed the rock of their salvation. The nation of Israel, they came out of Egypt, they came through the Red Sea, they saw all the miracles, they saw all that God did to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians, and then they said, God's not really that important to us. They took God for granted. They, they, they esteemed him, they valued him lightly or flippantly. Job 23, the Bible says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. That's a good reminder for us. Did you know this Bible is more important and more valuable than the food that you eat and the food that I eat? Now, that's talking our language now, right? Because we like food. We like to eat. But this book right here is more important. It's more valuable than our food. Psalm 119, therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. The psalmist said, thy precepts, I esteem them, I value them, and I know that they're right, and I know that they're true. Philippians 2, the Bible says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Did you know that in the Christian life, it ought to be that you treat others better than you treat yourself? You ought to esteem your neighbor as more valuable, more important than what you are. Did you know we'd have a lot less trouble in our world today if people would just do what the Bible says and if people would treat others better than themselves? That's what the Bible says, what we're supposed to do as Christians, Philippians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse number 13, the Bible talks about those who labor in the ministry and those who serve in the ministry that we should esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. I was talking earlier about our, 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 some of our teachers, and I thought I shouldn't start naming names. I think about uh, Chad and Donna. God brought you here from California, and you've been such a blessing to us, and we thank the Lord for you. M Madeline, even though she's married, we still, we still like her. You know, We're glad that she came uh, from uh, Colorado, from her home. And uh, I thank the Lord for, for, for all of our staff. I thank the Lord for our teachers, Brother Chris and Miss Meredith, how God brought you from California to Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. I remember the time, Brother Chris, I remember the time he called me and uh, he was talking about the fact that maybe God was going to move them to a different location. And you were telling me about where your kids were. And you said, we got, we got the kids down in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, that area, I think it was. And then we got the kids up in uh, West Virginia. And I said, well, Brother Chris, I said, I think we're about halfway in between. He said, I know you are. That's why I'm calling you. That's why I'm talking to you. And uh, amazing how God does all that. But here's what I'm saying this. Did you know that we ought to treat the people that serve God in the ministry, whether it's a bus worker, whether it's a nursery worker, whether it's a school teacher,
I think about the Grahams, uh, Miss, Miss Rana, and I think about Brother Dale, Miss Donna Tillery that, that work in our lunchroom at the school every day. Did you know that we ought to treat them very highly? We ought to esteem them very highly. Uh, did you know that the person that, 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 that greets you at the front door, that person's important? You know the person that pushes the vacuum cleaner is important? You know the person that teaches the junior church or does the master club? Did you know that people in the ministry, we ought to treat them with respect? And here's what I'm saying as a church. I hope that we do that anyway. But I want to say this, it is a privilege and it is a blessing that God has given us so many wonderful folks here to serve God. Let's treat them right. Let's love them. You say, but what if we're too kind to them? Well, first of all, I don't think that's going to happen. And if it does, I think the Lord will take care of it. I, I just, I think that the Lord will be able to sort it all out. Uh, we, we have not had that happen to where any of our teachers have come and said, you know what, pastor, call it off. We're just getting too many thank you notes. We're getting too many, you know, uh, uh, cook, batches of chocolate chip cookies coming to the school office. Brother Dan, have you had too many chocolate chip cookies coming to the school office? No, that hasn't happened. Uh, but can I tell you this? We ought to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Hebrews 11, the Bible says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Uh, Moses said, I would rather have the suffering that comes from serving God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin in this world. And friend, I want to tell you, serving God is wonderful. We ought to, to esteem it. We ought to value it as such. I, whenever I think of this word esteem, I often I think about my, my wedding ring. This wedding ring, um, if, if you found it, if you find it, please return it to me. <laughs> I, I need this. I want this. This is valuable to me. If you took it to a jeweler, if you took it to a pawn shop, it, it would not be worth a lot. It would be worth a couple hundred dollars, but it's not worth, worth that much to somebody else. But if you asked me, say, Pastor, uh, how much would, would it take for you to sell your wedding ring? I'd say it's not for sale because it's, it's so valuable to me. You can't put a price tag on that. Maybe you've got some things in, in your life. Maybe you've got something that was passed down from a, a parent or a grandparent or, or you've got something that may not be valuable to others, but to you, it is of the utmost value because of what it represents. And you would esteem that. You would value that very highly. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that they esteemed him not. They did not value the Messiah. They did not value their Savior. They did not value what they had. I want to show you now quickly, if you turn with me to the New Testament, turn with me to Matthew 28. I want to show you what our attitude should be and uh, what, what, what our response should be to Jesus after the cross, uh, after his suffering and after all of that. Let's not have it said they esteemed him not, but let's say, hey, there's a church that loves Jesus. There's a church that values Jesus. There is a church that makes much of Jesus. There is a Christian that makes much of Jesus. There is a home that places a high value on Jesus. There is a teenager that places a high value on Jesus. There is a preacher that places a high value on Jesus. That's my desire. Matthew 28, notice with me in verse number 9. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, notice after he's been despised and rejected and, 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 and they esteemed him not, the Bible says. Matthew 28 and verse number 9, it says, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hail. And they came and they held him by the feet and worshiped him. 
Let me give you a few thoughts quickly. How should we esteem? How should we respect? How should we value Jesus Christ for what he's done in our life? Number one, I believe we should have an attitude of humility. When we think about all that Jesus has done for us, we don't come to Jesus and we don't treat Jesus like an old buddy or like an old pal. We should treat Jesus with respect. We should treat, uh, treat him with humility. Uh, we don't come, I like what Brother Joe Arthur used to say. He's like, we don't come and get in his face. We come and we get at his feet. And may God help us to have an attitude of humility. By the way, I still think when we come to church, I think there ought to be an attitude of respect. I think there ought to be an attitude of reverence. I think when we open this book, I think there ought to be some reverence. I think there ought to be some value when the preaching is going on and when the singers are singing and worshiping the Lord. And when we, we have a time of prayer, I think we ought to have an attitude of humility. We are not worthy, but we stand here today worthy and redeemed because of what Jesus Christ did for us. There should be an attitude of humility. The Bible says that they came and they held him by the feet. Now, when I meet somebody and I greet somebody, I do not grab their feet. Usually I'll give them a handshake, you know, or normally I'll give them a, you know, a five or a pat on the back. But when those disciples saw Jesus, they said, we're not even worthy. We're not worthy to touch his hands. We're not worthy to touch his face. We're going to get down at his feet this week. It certainly would help us, would it not, with our pride? It certainly would help us with, uh, with, with, uh, with us thinking that we're something special or we're something great. We, you know, we're, we're Christians and we're, we think we're better. We're not better than anybody. We're just sinners that have been saved by the grace of God. But to fall at the feet of Jesus, it was an attitude of humility. Secondly, I see there was an attachment. Now, it doesn't just say that they fell at his feet, but it says they held him by the feet. You know, when my children do that, it's because they don't want me to go. It's because they want to be with me. It's because they got something they want to tell me. It's because they have a desire to be close. And those disciples, when they fell at the feet of Jesus, they didn't just fall at the feet and get up and go on their way. They held him by his feet as if to say, Jesus, here you go. We need you. We've got to have you. When was the last time you got alone with God? And you spent some time in the Bible and you spent some time in prayer. And it wasn't just a quick check the box. It wasn't just a quick, okay, I've had my, my devotional time. But when was the last time you got alone with God and you just said, God, I need you. I've got to have you. God, I'm not going to let you go until, as Jacob said, unless you bless me. God, I've got to have something from you. They held him by his feet. There was an attachment. I see number three, the attitude of humility, the attachment. But number three, I see there was adoration. It says in verse nine that they came and held him by the feet and what? They worshiped him. They adored him. Friend, that's what we do when we worship the Lord. We talk about how good he is. We talk about how great he is. We talk about how wonderful he is. We praise him and we could never praise him enough. We could never worship him too much. That is not a danger that we face. We face a danger of not worshiping him enough. And here was their attitude. They said, hey, we value him so much that we're going to fall at his feet. 
We value him so much that we're going to hold on to him. We don't want to let him go. And we value and we respect the Lord so much that we're going to take some time to worship him. Now, friend, I understand I'm preaching to the Sunday night crowd. You came this morning. You came back tonight. Most of you will be here Wednesday night. I understand that you are the ones who you've, you've expressed, hey, we want to worship the Lord. But please don't wait till church time to worship the Lord. He is worthy of our worship on Monday. He's worthy of our worship on Tuesday. He's worthy of our worship when we're at home and when we're at work and when we're in the car. He is worthy of our worship. There was an adoration. Turn with me, please, to the Gospel of Mark. I want you to see these reactions, these responses after the cross and after the resurrection. There's a lot more we could say, but I'll just give you a few thoughts and we'll, we'll be done. We'll go home. Mark 16, verse number 19. So then after... The Lord had spoken unto them. These are the last two verses in the Gospel of Mark. So that after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and he sat on the right hand of God. Hallelujah for the ascension. And he is on the right hand. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. But then notice what happened in verse 20. They had such an esteem. They had such a respect. They had such a high value on who Jesus was and what he says. That verse 20, it says, and they went forth and preached everywhere. Everywhere they went, they just had to tell people about Jesus. The Bible says, the Lord working with them. Isn't that a great person to have on your workforce when you got the Lord working with you? Isn't that wonderful as a church that we're not laboring uh, just for the Lord, but we are laboring with the Lord? Uh, Fred, I want to tell you, we are co-laborers together with Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't send us out and say, you're on your own. He sent us out and he said, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. I see number four. I see their response uh, after the cross was there was a response of action. They went forth. You say, well, well how does that apply to us? Well, we're going to leave out of here tonight and tomorrow we're going out into a world where you're going to meet people, you're going to talk to people, you're going to come in contact with people and there are people all around us that need Jesus. There are people that need the gospel. There are people that need encouragement. There's somebody that could use an invitation to church. There's somebody that could use a, a hand. There's somebody that could use a prayer. Maybe say, oh, let me pray with you. How can I help you? But let's go out and let's put into action what we have heard and what we have received. They preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Number four, there was action. Turn with me, if you would please, to the gospel of Luke. Luke 24. Those disciples on the road to Emmaus. I love this story. Luke 24, verse number 49. Jesus was walking with them and it says, But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Here again is the attachment. They said, Jesus, don't leave us. At the time, they didn't even know it was Jesus. But they said, please, we need you around. We've enjoyed the fellowship. We've enjoyed the conversation. We need this. We need more of this. And they said, please don't leave us. I'm so thankful to tell you today that we have something better than Jesus walking beside us. We have Jesus living inside of us. You don't have to leave this church and think, oh, no, I'm leaving Jesus at church. Oh, no, he's going home with you. You don't have to worry about Jesus leaving and going back to heaven and leaving you by yourself. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'll send you a comforter, the spirit of truth to guide you. I'm thankful 
that we can have that uh, closeness with the Lord. And they said, abide with us. Don't leave us. We need you here. Notice Luke 24 and verse number 32. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Friend, I hope that the Bible has that effect on your life. I hope that when you read the Bible, I hope there's times where, where God gives you something and it's just burning inside. You think, boy, that was just for me. That's what I needed. That, that's the power of the word of God. It is a living book. But then notice with me verse number 52. Luke 24 and verse number 52. Uh, after Jesus ascended up into heaven, he, he sent them the promise uh, verse 49, and told him to tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And verse number 52, it says, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Number five, I'll give you the word amazement. You know how they responded to Jesus after the cross? The Bible says in verse number 52, they had great joy. I mentioned it this morning. I was talking about, if you missed the service, I can't get into the whole story again about Rudolph and the, the head elf and Hermie and all that. Okay, that's, I know it's really deep. Um, but let me just suffice it to say, we don't need, we don't need Christians who everything is awful, everything is terrible, everything is depressing, life's so hard. I got news for you. Life is hard, but we serve a God who is greater than the problems of life. And you don't have to live in depression. You don't have to live discouraged lives. Yes, there's difficulty, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And there was great joy. There was amazement. There was a thrill that they knew that Jesus Christ was alive and everything was going to be okay. Number six, I see there was attendance. The Bible says they were continually in the temple. Now, I understand that the events of Acts 2 had not yet happened. I understand all that. I understand that the, the church at Jerusalem had not officially started. I understand that. They're talking about the temple. They're talking about uh, the place where the Jews went to worship God. I understand that. But here's what I love. It says they were continually in the temple. You know, when we have an esteem and we have a respect and we place a high value on Jesus Christ, we're going to want to be in his house. We're going to want to come to the house of God and we're not going to feel like we get enough. We're going to say, I need some more. I, I can't wait. I just need to be in church. I told Brother Nathan uh, this afternoon, I said, boy, we're going to have you all, that trio, sing that song again sometime because we do, we need the church more now than we have ever needed the church. It's God's plan for his people. There was attendance. They were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. I'll give you one more thought and I'll be done. Turn with me, please, to John chapter 20. After Jesus had been crucified and after he had risen, he appeared in John 20 to Mary Magdalene there in the garden. And she thought he was the gardener. You remember that story? And Jesus called her name, John 20 and verse 16. And, she saith, and Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni which is to say what? Master. You know, when Jesus is in the proper place in your life and when Jesus has the proper respect in your life, he is going to be your master. Notice with me Thomas in verse number 28. John 20, verse number 28, Thomas, who at first doubted, 
But then he saw Jesus, and Jesus appeared to him in person. In verse number 28, Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Number seven, when Jesus has the proper place and when he has the proper respect in our lives, we will submit ourselves to his authority. We, we, we sing the song, uh, we, we sang it tonight, King of my life, I crown thee now. I think sometimes when we think about Jesus being king, we think about uh, that passage in Philippians 2 where the Bible says someday every knee shall bow, right? And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we say one of these days he's going to be king of kings. And boy, I can't wait to see every knee bow. Well, when was the last time that your knee bowed to the fact that he is Lord? When was the last time you submitted your will? When was the last time you gave up your plans and your agenda and you said, God, I just want to follow your plan. I just want to be on your agenda. You see, the proper response after the cross was Mary said, you are my master. And whatever you say, Jesus, I'll do it. Thomas, when he saw him, he said, my Lord and my God. We sing that little chorus. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you say tonight that you esteem the Lord, you value him? Would you say it's evident in your life and in my life? I'll tell you how you know. Check your schedule some week and see how much time the Lord gets. Check your bank account, see how much how much of your finances he get. Check your priorities. Uh, check and see what is most important to you and see who is at the top of that list. The Bible says that the Jews esteemed him not. They placed no value on him. But I'm glad after the cross, as Jesus appeared to those disciples, they did esteem him. They did value him. They did worship him. And they did serve him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.